It is Tuesday, April 17th, and welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. I am Brent Smith, your host as always. Um, Today, around the table, I am joined by Jacob Kingsley and by Pastor Phil Nelson. Hey, everybody. So today, we are getting into Matthew 7, and we're out of Revelation. I'm not going to pretend to be too happy about it, because the (laughs) Bible is the Bible, but I'm happy. Yeah, it's made for some stressful podcasting <laughs> a little bit <laughs> to our listeners who really want us to teach on revelation i think that will be coming uh, maybe next time around so nice uh, we we're not going to avoid it forever yeah um so we will we definitely will go through it nice do we get a lot of requests for that we do huh. yeah we do cool. quite a bit all right Well, I guess we have that coming sometime in the future. But today we are in the book of Matthew. We are restarting the New Testament. And today, Tuesday, just happens to fall on the seventh chapter of the book. Mm. So we will go ahead and get into our ESV version of the Bible. And we will start with Phil. And go ahead and take it away when you're ready. Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide And the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. And that finishes uh, chapter 7 of Matthew. Uh, Jacob is going to give us a little bit of context on that book. Yeah, I'd love to. So this is our first podcast on Matthew. Um, and Matthew is is one of the Gospels. It's one of the um, accounts of the the life of Jesus, um, and it's believed by the majority of people to be written by um, Jesus' disciple named Matthew. Um, it's his account, his perspective of the life of Jesus. And the thing that separates it from the rest of the Gospels primarily, as a lot of the Gospels have similarities, and they're called synoptic Gospels, and that's totally different discussion, but Matthew is written with the prophecies of the Old Testament in mind about how Jesus is coming to fulfill the Jewish Messiah. And so as you're reading, you're going to hear all these different references, you know, to fulfill what the prophet said, or as the prophet said, and I'll quote something from the Old Testament. And that's because this um, gospel in particular speaks to the Jewish people, saying, this is your Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really awesome. In in chapter 7, we specifically find ourselves as Jesus is wrapping up his Sermon on the Mount, which is his super long discourse where he, he talks about the kingdom of God and what is that and what is a life lived in service to God really look like. And so a lot of those thoughts, um, while they sound like super individual thoughts are a lot of the wrapping up and a lot of the conclusions that we now come to because of the previous couple of chapters, which is really cool that that's the one that we get to do our podcast on today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so observations, observations. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> it's been a little while since we did that. Mm-hmm. We've kind of with revelation, we got a little bit away from the soap method, um, because it's hard to kind of apply that and do go through that process. So back into this, any observations from the reading then? There's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, the first, and it, it's in the first two two verses and it jumps off to me. I feel like this is one of the most misunderstood Bible verses mm. of all time, and, but it's also the most quoted, right? Um, judge not that you, you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This whole little passage here from 1 um, to 6 is... Jesus showing who the real judge is, that we were never created to be that judge. And so a lot of non-Christians use this judge, you know, don't judge unless you want to be judged as you don't get to tell me what to do. Mm. Um, I'm not wrong for doing what I do. And a lot of Christians, one, they're like, well, I'm just going to judge you anyway. It's whatever. (laughs) Or they're like, oh, no, I really can't tell them that what they're doing is wrong. And what Jesus is trying to get at is that God is the judge, that our role is to make sure that we're right with God, that our role is not to be the judge of other people. And so mm-hmm. there is a right and wrong. As Christians, we can be firm in that, but that's not our duty to make sure that other people feel the consequence of that, that that's God's, yeah. God's role. An observation, and it kind of leads to application, so I apologize if mm-hmm. I kind of go there. But, um, you know, as we are 
as a church at Elevation Community Church right now, uh, 2018 in April, we are going through a series called Plan A, uh, mm-hmm. discovering God's purpose for your life, for your community and beyond. And what we're realizing is we're trying to uh, tap into God's heart and his DNA as we realize that people, all people matter to God and that he created us for relationship with him and he created us uh, in his image. And so God's heart is all about people, but in the context of relationship. And so if you look through chapter seven, you see relationship everywhere. The first part, verse 1 through 5, is really our relationship to others, how we're to treat others better than ourselves, but not to judge them, leave that to God, like Mm -hmm. you said. Um, Then we have in verse 5 and 6, we have a relationship to the enemy. Do not give uh, dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs. The unclean, those that aren't for you, they're against you. That's the relationship that you have uh, with them. And then... Most of the rest of Matthew 7 is our relationship to God. And so it really comes down to relationship. And so often, I think, uh, what I love about Jesus in the Gospels is he is taking what we looked at, the old covenant of just rules, and he's not necessarily abolishing all the rules. They're still important but he's fulfilling them in the context of relationship. So he's saying, here's what matters, relationship, and this is what it looks like. One observation for me is uh, that the golden rule is listed in this. Mm -hmm. I thought Abraham Lincoln came up with that. Um, But it's funny just the way things work out with what we end up reading in here that is applied to our direct lives. I have Mm -hmm. two kids. A lot of people know now Riley and Owen, they're six and three. And I just had to talk to them about the golden rule two days ago at the (laughs) breakfast table because Owen being three, he hit his sister. Mm. And then I said, buddy, you shouldn't do that. And we had just been talking about the golden rule. I said, because would you want her to do that back to you? And if not, don't do it to her. I said, and and Riley said, well, I'll just, I'll just treat him that way then. And I was like, that's not how it works. (laughs) That's the reverse. Like, all right. Yeah. And insanity begins. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was funny that I just had to talk to my kids about the golden rule the other day. And now we're reading about it. Yeah. I think on one hand, it's really cool because look at all the other major religions in the world and all of them have some component of the golden rule. And a lot of people point that to say, all religions really aren't that different. Christianity isn't that special. And honestly, we can have a more in-depth conversation about why that isn't true. But I think what is cool is that this wisdom coming from God, everybody sees that wisdom. Unless you're maniacal, you're a sociopath and a psychopath and, you know, clinically insane, whatever, you're going to look at that and you're going to say, yeah, that's pretty spot on. You know, I don't always do that because I care about myself more, but like, that'd be the ideal way to live. Mm-hmm. Then when you ask a lot of people, what what is your moral standard? They'd say, well, I just try and do what I would want people to do to me. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, as he's preaching to these people, Jesus himself, you know, the son of God and having all authority, he says, 
do to others as you would have them do to you. It's something that every single person can understand, even a six-year-old and a three-year-old, maybe not right away, (laughs) but eventually they're going to understand it. And whether they choose to live by that is something different. Yeah. But it, it's not this super long, complicated rule with all of these subcategories. It's just due to others as you would have them do to you. Any other observations from the reading? One thing that whenever I read it, it's always a almost haunting and a big warning passage is the uh, verses from 21 to 23 where he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, mm. but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And I think that this is honestly Jesus pleading, again, in relationship, pleading for the hearts of people. Jesus does not just want your actions. He doesn't want your platitudes. He doesn't want all of just your sayings. He doesn't, you know, want your mouthpiece or your fame. He wants your heart. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. And he says, you can do all the right things. Mm -hmm. You can go to church. You can take communion. You can serve. You can tithe. You can, you know, rescue orphans from China and, you know, whatever. But if you don't know me, then you aren't getting into my kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a challenge. And it's a wake-up call to take an inventory of your life and, and say, Am I doing all the right things? You know, am I in church because I enjoy the fellowship and because the people are nice to me and I feel loved and accepted for once? And that's at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm good with God because of that. Or do you actually know Jesus? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? And just because you say certain things, because you sing the worship songs right, whatever it may be, that's not what Jesus is desiring from us in our life. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, basically reiterating what you said, Jacob, but uh, I just heard it said uh, a couple days ago is uh, God is not necessarily interested in what we can do for him. He's interested in who we are becoming. Yeah. Because that's 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 the ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even just knowing Jesus just to have a get-out-of-hell-free card. It's literally knowing him as our Savior mm-hmm. and our Lord who loves us and gave up everything. And in that context of a relationship, once we realize that we were first loved, Mm -hmm. then what we do is a byproduct of who we are and who we're becoming. Um, You become, or or shall I say, you listen to those who have the most influence in your life. Mm -hmm. You follow those who have the most influence in your life. Does God, does Jesus have the influence in your life? Because if he does, it will show. And that kind of goes mm-hmm. to the, um, a, a tree and its fruit, mm-hmm. um, that the fruit of the tree shows um, the makeup yeah. and the core nature of the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it serves as, a like you said, a wake-up call to, I mean, I know a lot of people come to church I don't think we really have it here in our church but I'm sure it's everywhere but a lot of people come to it where it's more of like a social thing to like look good in the community and to be a part of you know getting out there and looking putting a good face on who you are and they have no real relationship with Jesus um, and I just think that's a shame and I think that's a it's a good wake-up call to to people like that to make them go hey you can do all the right things and you can do what everybody says. You know, I just have to be a good person, but you have to have the relationship part with Jesus as well. If you don't. You know. Yeah. Have you ever, 
maybe I'm just weird, but I've been in a craft store before, uh, Hobby Lobby or whatever, and uh, you go by like the fake fruit, mm-hmm. you know, displays and stuff. Some of it looks so real so real. like i swear that they're putting like fresh bananas in there and then i get <laughs> so close enough to realize that it's an incredible paint job mm-hmm. but it is all plastic i'm that way with their flowers i'll touch every single oh, one yeah. when i walk into a do store you, and see do you smell them real. too i never smell them they're not weird <laughs> <laughs> not a freak yeah <laughs> but isn't that to your point brent is like i would love i would love to say that the local body uh, of Christ, whether Elevation Community Church or whatever body of Christ, church body you go to, I would love to say that you have real people. But I think a lot of times, if we're being completely honest, especially in the culture, in this dark world that likes to just pervert and twist and just... uh, put a false sense artificial sense to everything if we got close enough and really um started to touch and feel if that fruit was truly real i think we would be um taken back sometimes to see that wow this is only artificial Mm -hmm. it looks like the real thing so much i mean it is man it is incredible how authentic it looks but it's when you get close enough to really taste and feel and to really see mm-hmm. if it's real or not, it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all due to the root of who you know. Not yeah. what you do that looks like fruit, mm-hmm. but who you know. Yeah. The last thing, uh, kind of observation that I have is um, in, in verses 24 to 27, I'm not entirely convinced that when Jesus first said this, it didn't sound like the wise man built his house upon the rock. <laughs> yeah. Just started singing the song. That's where it started. It's been around for years. Um, clearly, my my old age shows itself. <laughs> um, no, but I think it, it is interesting to see what Jesus isn't saying right here. And he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Talking about when the storms of life come, that rock helps that house stand firm. He doesn't say, whoever does everything that I say is mm-hmm. going to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. He makes it clear here that obedience does not equal salvation. And that you can wow. obey Jesus and it leads to a wise life. You know, if you are looking for wisdom in your life, and a lot of people go to Jesus just for wisdom and not salvation, and I think they're missing such a huge part of that. But he lets us know right away that he is not asking us to do everything he says so that way we can be saved. Because salvation, as we will continue to learn, and maybe you have already learned in your own life, is found through his works. So he's not saying, do what I tell you, and that's how you're going to be a good enough person to get into heaven. Mm. He's saying, what I am telling you is a good way to live life when the storms of life come you will find yourself standing strong if you build your life on how i have commanded you Mm. and i think sometimes we look at religion and we look at rules and we say that's trying to steal my joy that's trying to steal things from my life it's just trying to oppress me Mm. but jesus is saying no i'm really trying to build you a better life i'm trying to give you a foundation for something so that way you won't experience loss and hurt the way you would because it says for the foolish man, um, and it, his house fell, and great was the fall of it. Mm. 
And so is giving up some things, sacrificing in your life the things that you want now and giving them up in, in the name of holiness and following Christ, is that enough for you to spare yourself from destruction when the storms of life come? Something to think about, too, uh, that I've been processing in my own in my own heart is just think about it for a minute. You can follow the ways of Jesus and not have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can follow uh, the expectations of those around you and do exactly what they want you to do, but mm-hmm. you don't have to be loyal to them. You don't have to truly love them. And so you can follow Jesus, and I think that's a great place to start. Follow his words. Obey him because, I mean, it it can't hurt. Mm -hmm. But as you follow him, are you starting to receive him and believe him as Lord? Because that's where the change happens. And and if you're like, how do you follow Jesus but, like, not know him? You can follow all of the laws— of the United States of America. But just because you do that doesn't mean that you are an American citizen. citizen yeah. mm-hmm. It's an identity thing. That you can mm-hmm. follow the, the practices of Jesus, but that doesn't mean that your identity is found in him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think um, <clears throat> what you guys were saying ties into the last part that I really like as well is, you know, you can follow him and not believe he is who he is, but then when he got done with this, speech to these people with this sermon to these people they were like oh wait whoa <laughs> that was different yeah you know um where he said uh he had he spoke and ta- taught as one who had authority and not as their scribes not as how they were used to receiving messages from a preacher from a rabbi mm-hmm. um i mean is, is it just me or is this the beginning of people starting to be like whoa on like a grand scale like right i think it, it- it is the beginning of people noticing that there is something different about Jesus because as this plan a series is talking about in the first couple of weeks, the way that the old Testament, the old covenant, and even the Pharisees and scribes of Jesus's time, they taught things was personal rituals. It was piety. It was, you know, building yourself up so that way you could look down on others. And that was not what Jesus taught that he didn't tell them, you know, how awful they were. And so, and they needed to clean themselves and needed to offer these sacrifices. And then this was going to get them right with God. Mm. But instead he teaches with that authority that comes with his love and his plan. And that was ridiculous for them to hear, but they were like, wait, maybe this really is it. This makes way more sense than everything else I've been doing. And so they saw the authority of God's love in Jesus's teaching. Yeah. And I think too, like you said, you know, this, this makes way more sense. I think because we are his children, I think it's built in us for it to feel right too. Mm. You know, I think that there's something inside of us that just, that rings true, even outside of just intellectual thought about, mm-hmm. you know, that makes sense. But I think there's just something in us that says, yeah, that mm. that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. So what application, if we had one application point from this and we really wanted to drive it home, what would what would chapter 7 of Matthew be about? Man, I, I just don't think we truly grasp how in tune and how deep the Father's love for us is that he longs to be with us. Mm. He longs 
to know everything about us because he already does, but he longs for, uh, for us to know him. Mm-hmm. And he sends his son Jesus not only to come to pay the atonement for our sins and to forgive us and to cleanse us and to make that path of righteousness yeah. to God, but he sent his son Jesus to show us his heart. Mm-hmm. And we have the, the written scriptures that uh, people in the old, uh, excuse me, people in the New Testament at, right after Jesus, they didn't have that. They had the Old Testament, the teachings, mm-hmm. and then they had the teachings of Jesus and the eyewitness accounts. Mm-hmm. And God wants relationship with us. That changes everything. And again, relationship even though there may be some rules in the context and the structure of that relationship, but relationship brings everything together in perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. So what, what are we to do with that in mind then? Going back to my observation in chapter 7, um, that God's heart truly is all about relationship. Mm-hmm. He is pursuing us right. nonstop. He hasn't mm-hmm. stopped pursuing us uh, since the beginning of time. Uh, that's why he sent his son Jesus, and that's why we have Matthew chapter 7, is because he's pursuing us. Um, but just like in any relationship, there's reciprocation. We have a choice to either follow his plan A for mm. our lives or to choose the lie, uh, the counterfeit, and yeah. go somewhere else. And so I think um, the application for Matthew 7 can be summed up in, in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. That's Jesus it. pursued us. He gave everything to pursue us, but he will never, ever force his kingdom on to us. Mm. We pursue him, and he has not left from where he has always been. His throne interceding for us, mm-hmm. pursuing us, loving us. It is that simple. We just need to pursue him and open the door of our heart to him, and he will come and he will change us through that context of relationship. And now we will be a tree where there will never be any bad fruit. It will be heavenly, uh, rich, real, authentic fruit that only comes from the root of Jesus Christ. Yeah, And, and if you're new to this, I mean, the way to pursue him is, one, you accept him into your life. Um, but then there's the daily walk with mm-hmm. him, which is why we do the chapter day movement here at the church mm-hmm. that this podcast goes along with. There's yeah. worship, you know, there's prayer. There is just spending quiet time with him and letting him speak to you. Yeah. There's Small community groups. with others. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's all these things. So if anybody, if you're listening to this and this is new to you, it's a new concept. That's how you pursue him. That's how you pursue that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up today. Um, Does anybody have anything else before we do besides we pray? I was just going to say if for some reason you just stumbled across this podcast or you're listening and and you you just don't have anybody, um, you don't feel like you have people around you to encourage you and to support you and walk with you and... um, if, if we're in distance, we'd love to welcome you at Elevation Community Church, or I'm sure there's a solid Bible teaching, Jesus-loving church around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you work or if you have something going on Sunday, plug into a body of believers that are meeting in their home or whatever, but connect to relationship with others mm-hmm. who have a relationship 
with the God of the universe. Yeah. All right. Jacob, would you pray for us today as we get out? Absolutely. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you created and, and the joy and the ups and downs of life that you bring as, as we pursue you. God, I pray that just as, as your son Jesus was showing us in, in Matthew 7, we need to pursue you when you are there. And so I pray for our listeners and I, and I pray for us sitting around this table that you would just help us to pursue you. Give us the strength and the wisdom of how to continually pursue you, even when our circumstances, our situation, and our life just scream that we should stop. When things get busy, when things get in the way, God, I pray that we will push through them and we will continue to pursue you to know your love for us and your love for others. God, you are so good to us. Thank you so much for everything that you have done for us throughout our lives. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, that wraps us up for another episode. This is episode 25 of the Weekly Impact Podcast. So thank you for joining us this far, and please stick with us as we go forward as we are just beginning uh, the New Testament again. We'd love for you to come on this journey with us as we discover more about God's Word. Um, So on behalf of Pastor Phil, Pastor Jacob, myself, everybody here at uh, Elevation Community Church, we just thank you so much, and we hope that you have a great week, and we will talk to you next Tuesday.